Hey man, you recording? Yep. That's how we do a podcast. Good job. Yep. Yep. We're we're doing it. Yeah. This is, I think, episode like four hundred forty, something like that. Not if you include those last couple where the board was screwed up and we sounded like robots. But. Yeah. I think I'm going to put it up yeah. on Patreon uh, and maybe someone <laughs> Just will make listen. them listen to the badness. <laughs> well, they might listen anyway. I mean, maybe we just put it up as a regular one. And no, we'd get so many it, complaints. In one minute. Yeah. Um, what if so, we, what if we preface it as, Hey, this is really terrible. So uh, the audio sounds like, um, so uh, you're a Chicago person. You might actually even remember this in the late eighties. Uh, there was a, uh, let's call it like a break-in of the uh, video feed in WGN, like on a weeknight, Uh, and somebody who is still unknown uh, broadcast their own feed on the airwaves for WGN, and they were dressed uh, in a a fictional character mask of the time called Max Headroom. Have you ever Mm -hmm. seen uh, this clip of that happening? Uh, I mean, I know who Max Headroom was, but I don't don't remember seeing this happen. No. I'll have to send you a link after this. It's like one of the, uh, I think, more interesting unsolved mysteries in like criminal mischief. Um, like they actually don't know who it was. They don't know. It's kind of rad. It is. Um, yeah, good for that guy. They did it twice, which was cool. They did it on the same, I think, the same night. Um, yeah. But the audio uh, is like horrible in the feed garbly. and it's it's garbly it sounds like and then there's like static and stuff on top of it and uh, what was that? I, like I think i hit the sound effect anyway oh hit another sound effect i'm here oh wow what else we got crickets man if i had that board we'd be using those sound effects a lot more and they would not be those but uh, we got other ones. I think we got a we got a trombone. I think <laughs> it's just like the generic soundboard <laughs> things. Yeah, they are. Um, cool. So anyway, the the audio is is not good and it's unpleasant to listen to. Uh, and mm-hmm. we happened to record that show for an hour and forty minutes. So I it think was so long. <laughs> I think <laughs> only the Adam. most dedicated of dedicated would listen. And, and like an hour in, we called Adam from 10 tents and just BS with him. It was actually like a good show. And then um, I ruined it. Yeah. yeah you, I got it. You could, you could throw my, cause I recorded my own audio. You could throw that in where one, one third of us actually sounds like a person. I don't know that that's better. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> we we can so, try. So rude. So rude, dude. Um, so, uh, this episode is brought to you by apex pro. Mm-hmm. Um, big announcement. Uh, they're going to continue supporting the slip angle podcast for 2022, which we're super excited reason. about. Um, yeah. I've got a gen two unit in my possession and mm-hmm. I am planning to test it next weekend at Putnam park. Where... Well, bigger announcement for our other supporters, Patreons. Ah, yeah. Um, so, uh, for the patrons, we're going to do a special, um, purchase bundle deal, uh, where uh, if you buy a unit through Apex Pro, uh, they're going to give you a, lay, uh, a year of Lab Timer Plus for free, and that gives you all Which is the, like a lot of money in value. Yeah, I, th- I think it's 100 bucks annually, but it, it's got a yeah, lot of features, right. uh, features that are really cool. Um, 
It's got uh, predictive lap timing, which is great. Uh, data download, you know, onto your phone, which is excellent. And uh, a really cool feature of the G of the Gen two units is that you can stream uh, live telemetry to like everyone who's following you in your feed. So, um, yeah. and it's it's ten hertz GPS. So like. Uh, you could have a data coach watching your lap in real time, feeding you directions on what to do while you're on track. So I've used this with uh, Scott Robertson and Becky. Uh, Becky was out in beginner. Um, she was running beginner, I think, at Mid-Ohio, one of the events. Uh, and they had put their Apex Pro. I think they have, they have a Gen 2 now. They, they, they got an early, early one. Um, I, think it was, I think it was Audubon, maybe, maybe Ginger, I'll forget. Um, and I was standing next to Scott, and he's uh, he's talking to Becky, and like coaching her through the turns because he's telling her, "Oh, that was a good one," and you're up two tenths, and then do it that way next time. It was pretty cool, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was pretty rad. Very very impressive feature. Yeah, it's uh, it's very cool, and the uh, I think the ten hertz GPS really makes it really really usable. So. Yeah, very cool. And then obviously we're sponsored by FCP Euro. All the parts you buy are guaranteed for life, even the oil and the brake pads. Well, I don't have a European vehicle. I only have a, a big stinky diesel and three Hondas. There's um, probably some Euro parts on a big stinky diesel, though. I think there might be. Yeah. Um, the saga of continuing to register, uh, register vehicles, I think, is mostly concluded uh, today. In Kentucky. Uh, yeah, it's uh, to register my RV. I don't know that we talked about it on the show. Uh, I, I can say in truth that I had to spend 12 working hours to try and get this vehicle registered. That's absolute insanity. But I've heard that about many states. I've heard like Connecticut is the hardest place in the world to make a car your own. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, I've heard boat trailers are a nightmare there too. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, you have to get a, a full inspection from the county fire marshal, uh, which is because mm -hmm. um, it's because it's a house. Correct. And uh, well, the interesting thing about this is that like there's really only one person who answers those calls. And I live in Jefferson County, which is in uh, which is where the city of Louisville is at. Um, you call their number to schedule an appointment and no one calls you back. Right. And I'm not saying like you know, for a while, I just mean like, no, no one, no one calls you back. And you so it happened to find to call them when somebody's there. No, and, I called yeah. a different County. Oh, wow. So, uh, where the bus is stored is like 45 minutes outside the city. And, uh, the fire marshal from there, uh, was willing to come out and do the inspection where the vehicle is stored. That's um, freaking nuts that you have to have an RV fire inspected. And then, uh, it has to be inspected by the county sheriff, um, but it could not be by the county sheriff um, in the county that it was stored. It had to be by the Jefferson County Sheriff, which meant hmm. that I had to get the bus, take it to a, you know, a, a, you know, city office or whatever, and then do the inspection there only to park it and then go back and do the title work downtown. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's cool. Um when I registered my bus, I went to a currency exchange and the lady was like, is that it out there? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, $436. <laughs> and that's, that's all I did. <laughs> well, man, Illinois sometimes is better. I but, know once uh, in a while. 
It also it, cost me four. It was like four and thirty or four and eighty or something like that. And I just registered a two two thousand dollar Honda Fit, and it cost me four hundred thirty six dollars. You know how much mine was to register today? How much? Right around four hundred thirty six dollars. Oh man, Kentucky's busted in that way too. Um, they asked me how much I paid for it, and I said four thousand bucks. And yeah. they were like, "Well, you know, you you can't. You've got to fill out some special form and get it notarized and do whatever to do this." Uh, we we go off the NADA value, and I was like, "Fine, whatever." And the right. the NADA was like seventy two hundred. So yeah, Kevin gave you way way too good of a deal. It was okay. a sweetheart deal. It's a nice fit. It's a good. It's a nice little fit. Got like what eighty thousand miles on. Eighty five. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we just did Road America, and uh, I now like driving on track again because of Honda Fits. Yeah, <laughs> dude, uh, <laughs> I did my first Time Attack event. Um, I never driven in Time Attack before, and uh, I mean, you think Road America, which is like it's known to be basically like a it's it's a bunch of drag strips with turns in between. Um. You'd think it would be boring and fit, right? Not so much. It was actually completely amazing. <laughs> so, I had the best time, dude. I had so much fun. Yeah, I, uh, I saw that picture you sent of you and James Morgan battling dude, the yeah, track. Like heat, heat, heat one, two, and three. Like I was learning the track because I'd only I had done like a couple of test sessions there, like two laps apiece, just figuring my old CRX out. And like the first one, it was leaking oil or straight on the exhaust. It was smoking. I got black flag after a lap. The second one, I did like three laps it didn't and then i left so same um, shit as always well yeah like i didn't know the track like i i had i done when i had eye racing uh, when i had a rig for a while i had done i don't know i'd probably done an hour uh, of flailing around in mediocrity on uh, on road america so i like knew where it went and stuff um so it all felt very familiar but dude like it's it's really fun in a low horsepower car um and there was about a dozen, I think, spec fits in Sunday Cup cars in uh, Sunday Cup this weekend and some real fast ones. Yeah, I don't um, know um, when this happened, but Sunday Cup became one of the more competitive classes in, in grid life track battle, which dude, is It was so, like, and such a good group of people, too. Such a good group of people. Um, so I bought this fit and uh, flew to New, New Jersey with Chris. We did a tour of some tracks and stuff. We drove it home. And it's just like the shittiest second-gen fit you could find. Like it's – mechanically, it was mint. Um, came with snow tires. Came with like a B-spec exhaust that wasn't installed. It's just a bunch of shit in the back of it. But the paint was like – I mean, one, one panel's red, one panel's pink, one panel's a different pink. The hood is like pinkish purple. It's like so faded out. Um, the door, the passenger driver's side rear door had, uh, probably 10 pounds of Bondo in it. Um, and it was cracking the Bondo was cracking and rust was dripping out of it. So I found a red door, um, of the same color red in Tennessee and had it shipped to Matt Williams's work. And then he brought that up and that was a rust free red door. The pinstripe almost lines up too. Um, and so we swapped that. It only took seven and a half minutes to swap the door. No way. At, at Road America. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Mike Cohn timed it there. Seven and a half minutes, not working fast. That's um, amazing. And uh, it was like a full door. We, it had the window and the power the power window and everything in it. And was it, it heavy? Had, had, I mean, it was weighed as much as the door. It was probably 80 pounds. But, um, yeah, so, like, I was up by – we were up on top in, in, the, in the upper paddock behind the garages. 
and like most of the Sunday cup dudes were up there and like four dudes just helped me like swap it real quick. And it was like easy. Um, so that, that got done. Um, the week before I was like, man, I got to get a sway bar on this thing. So I look around and I'm like, what's the fastest way to get the progress rear sway bar? Um, in Amazon, I think was the fastest way. I think it was Amazon. And, uh, and that's the easiest product ever to install. You just like slide underneath the car, three bolts per side, just drop them through like the spring perch. There's already holes there and just zip, 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 and you zip it up and it's done. Like it's so easy. It just basically adds a bunch of strength and stiffness to the, to the, uh, the beam trailing arm style axle. I, uh, text Jared um, about it today and he's ordering. Yeah. One. Oh, good. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think I talked about this on the show. Um, I bought a fit and, uh, I want to use it as a daily. Um, right. that said, like, it's a pretty convenient vehicle to tow on the dolly behind, uh, the RV at the track. If we need to go run an errand or do whatever, it's great. Yeah. Um, I mean, your civic would be similarly convenient, but this is just like a little cheaper and a little bit more dad mobile. Yep. Um, and, uh, the guys at the winning formula have been talking some time about wanting to boop around in a fit in Sunday cup, just as like a mess around weekend activity. And yeah, everybody uh, at good life, like looks at Sunday cup and they're like, that actually kind of looks fun. And, uh, Cause there's uh, like seven or eight of them and they're nose to tail banging around the racetracks. <laughs> one of the guys, um, Evan was like, was talking and I was like, look, Evan, uh, if you guys maintain this car and fix it, if it breaks, I will let you drive it on track at the events that the car is present. And he, and Evan was right. like, done deal. Put it together. Talk yeah. to Jared right now. <laughs> Just start buying parts, Dave. Um, yeah, the, the progress bar was super easy. Um, in order to get, uh, some camber out of the front, I just ordered some camber bolts or just some Eibach camber bolts. Yep. Um, and it turns out like, I mean, they're like seven bucks. It's like super cheap. And I probably could have just taken a 17 mil head Honda bolt and gotten another degree out of them. I might actually try that or just open up the holes a little bit too, but I got a couple degrees of camber out of it. Um, and I cut the springs with a grinder and a sawzall in about four minutes, a corner. I cut one coil off. Uh, I got the car at a little bit better stance and a little bit more spring rate. Um, because when you shorten spring, uh, it actually can't support more weight, but it will uh, up the rate a little bit. Uh, so I probably cut about a tenth of them off, so it went up about 10% in the spring rate maybe. I don't know. But they're progressive winds, so I think I cut off the bouncy part. And if they actually feel really stiff. And I sent you pictures of it, and it's stiffer than James's, which is on BC's. <laughs> so, yep. Um, I left the front the front sway bar hooked up, cut the springs, did the, did the, uh, did the camber bolts, aligned it. Um, and then... Uh, Falcon sent me some RT660s. I did 15s in the front and 14s in the back because I had two sets of four, or I had a set of 14 inch wheels and I had a set of 15 inch wheels. I'm like, I'm going to use these up. And then it gave me like a natural stagger because the, the max tire is 205 in Sunday Cup. So I did 205 fronts and then I did 185s or 195s in the rear, which is their 14 inch size. Um, and so it gave me some stagger and it, like the car, balance wise, the car felt mint. It didn't push and everything. It was great. Tire wear was great. What brake pads uh, were on? So I I was going to just do like cheap semi-metallics because like I, it was about a week before. I was like, oh, crap, I got to do brake pads. Um, so I ordered some rotors uh, just in case I needed rotors. Uh, still, I didn't use them. I just left the ones that were on there on. Um, 
and I texted uh, Danny from GLOCK, and I was like, hey, can you give me some 2009 Fit Pads, like ASAP? And he was like, done. And then I, then the next day, I was like, all right, I'll bother you, I'll bother you tomorrow. You can, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll give you my money tomorrow. And he was like, cool. It was a Sunday. And then uh, I texted him, and he didn't text me back. Uh, and then I was like, oh, whatever. I'll just get some $12 pads from AutoZone, right? Like, I'm only going to do a couple of sessions. This isn't going to be that much fun. Um, and then the day before Road America, he texted me. He's like, your pads are at Road America. That's <laughs> I was amazing. like, oh, okay, cool. So he sent me the R16s, uh, which are – those are the pads that uh, most of the B-Spec guys run in SCTA. Um, and they run like 40-minute races, and they have to be on OEM brakes. And, like, their, their cars weigh about the same as factory. So, um, and they have a little bit more grip. They have like Hankook slicks as a spec slick or whatever, but, uh, or DOT slicks, I forget. Um, but like Road America's got big straightaways and like these brake pads look brand new still. And I did six, six or seven sessions with them. Um, and there's a couple of hard braking zones, but the, uh, I just swapped them out tonight, put those street pads back in, put the street tires back on, which are just steelies, you know? Right. Um, and uh, tomorrow I'm going to go to tall Kyle's house an hour away. We're going to weld up my turbo pump. It's a big TIG welder but for my GLTC car, my Civic. But, uh, dude, this car was, it was like, you know, I, I did the first session. It was, we had a two and a half hour fog delay on Saturday morning, which sucked because this is a stacked event. Like, it was full. Um, so I bought out lunch to save an hour there. Um, so basically, like, we, we ran through lunch. Um, and then we, the only thing we could do to, to get people like a bunch of different sessions, um, was start going to 15 minutes instead of 20, which on road America is like two, two, three laps. Uh, but everybody understood. I mean, the fog was, you were there. The fog was intense. You could, from one side of the track, you couldn't see the tower on the other side of the track. Yeah. Like a hundred yards away. You couldn't see it. Yeah. 200 feet max, like visibility. It was crazy. Um, so like we were actually, you know, it was legit fog delay. Um, which like kind of eased into the event actually, like we did the driver's meeting at seven thirty or whatever, you know, which cause it was we usually start at eight there. So we run eight to six long days because we have a lot to do. Um, and, uh, it was kind of an ease into the day, which was good. But, uh, but then everybody ran a bunch of short sessions, which kind of sucks, but, um, so it's busy, but then dude, I got in this car and like the car felt, it felt perfect right out of the box like it was so good um balance wise braking was amazing like this is the first time i tracked a abs car heavily uh, ever and like abs is nuts dude <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like really good i don't know if you guys know this <laughs> so, uh, 20 years of driving race cars and i didn't really ever i mean i've driven a couple people's cars with abs but like you aren't driving somebody else's fifty thousand dollar car at like 10 tenths right uh, you're driving your $2,500 fit at 10 cents when you got the transponder strapped to it and you're chasing a bunch of dorks. Um, and dude, like the brakes were so insane. They were so good. The pads were perfect. Like the bite was perfect. The modulation was perfect. Um, they never faded at all. I put, uh, I just put like some, some Willwood, uh, 600 degree brake fluid throughout a pump to pump the brakes, uh, grease the slides on the calipers, pump the brakes full of fluid. And, uh, like, you know, bled them all through. And that was all I did The car was change the oil, put some Valvoline synthetic in, didn't even make oil dirty. Like dude, the oil looks brand new still. Uh, the car's got 140,000 miles on it now. 
and I just flogged the piss out of it every session. And then Heat Five, um, I was like in P four, James or P five, James Morgan was in P four, um, but we were like a few seconds back, um, like five, because uh, like the hard times, Kyle, Kyle in the hard times fit, and I think Michael Ross in, he's got the the one with the crazy livery, silver one. Uh, they were running like high three hundred ones, and we we're running like three hundred fives. Um, and uh, I think we were running three hundred eights at the time. Uh, and he five me and J- James. James pulls up behind me, even though he was like supposed to be in front of me. Um, and we had been talking about you know like what I was doing different than him and stuff the night before. Uh, this is on Sunday, and uh, and so we just we I'm like all right fine. Uh, he we go out and he stayed behind me the entire time. And we dropped like three point something seconds off of our times. Just like I was watching what he was doing. He was watching what I was doing. And the draft at that place in a fit is nuts. <laughs> so, uh, it was, it was, it was like the, it was probably the most fun session that I might have ever had. Um, so we got into the three Oh fives and then he ended up getting the high three Oh fours and got on the podium and I got a P four. Uh, and we were both being like total sissies in turn one. I think all of our time was in turn one and turn five. Uh, those other dudes were just hammering it in turn one and turn five. I watched uh, I watched some you know some some of them from like a couple hundred couple hundred yards back, and they would just put time on us in turn one. They were just going harder, uh, and I tried to do it in heat six. I went about the same pace. James went a little faster, but uh, I know what I got to do there someday. But what a fun track! Those cars are so fun. The Sunday Cup is such a good group of dudes. Like it was so fun. Um, Really, really stoked on uh, uh, just just had a really good time, and I needed to have a good time before it got snowy out. So. I really enjoy just being there at that place. It um, it's a big, pretty place, especially in fall. Um, like it's so pretty, and the food is good uh, at the at the concession stand. The gearbox was open. They had a wedding on Saturday night, so there was like a lot of people there Saturday night, even you know non spectators. But we had about a thousand people on site. Um, a lot of cars. We had over 200 cars. Uh, it was full for us. I mean, you can put 700 cars there, but like the paddock was full. It was, it was, it was a good event. Really, really solid. The ASM buds did a really solid party on Saturday night. I had a good time. Scott Robertson was voted driver of the year for GLTC by his peers again, second time. Um, so oh, I have a, lot, a, of, a lot of cool stuff. I have a story about Saturday night as well. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a recent, guest on the show and longtime buddy Peter Collins about the repair work that I was doing on the RV to keep the slide outs from leaking. I think I've kind of, um, kind of like gotten a pretty good idea of where the problem areas are and like what to do about it. And I was talking with him about having bought a, um, you know, a pop rivet gun so that I could uh, drill and rivet these, these pieces of angle metal. And, uh, he was like, Hey, but like, you tried that Milwaukee gun? And I was like, well, no, I, I, I didn't buy it because I thought it was too expensive. He's like, come to my trailer. And uh, uh, his niece was <laughs> with him uh, all weekend. And they, uh, they, they began to vandalize uh, property on the grounds and just rivet stuff. Are you serious? <laughs> and uh, no, it was just like they drilled a hole in the garbage can and they put a rivet in its place. Um, okay. <laughs> but I was like, oh man, that, that Milwaukee tool is, is great. And I was, he was like, yeah, send me your address. I'm mailing you one. And I was like, oh, okay. And then on Monday he was like, Hey, what's your address? So I gave him my address and, uh, well, uh, it's, it's on my kitchen table. So thanks Pete. 
Pete's out of his damn mind, dude. I'll tell you what. <laughs> he mailed it to Sloan, actually. That's awesome. So I saw Sloan had a good time with uh, with Zoya. Uh, Zoya oh my Ricky goodness! Aaron. Like those two, Zoya and Sloan are like, like I don't even know, like kind, Sloan kindred really spirits or Zoya. something. Yeah, like she seems to really like her. Not that like Sloan doesn't get along with people, but like Zoya's not a kid person, and those two, they just they get each other. Yeah, like Aaron and Zoya don't have any kids. Um, but like, it just seems like Sloan like wants to hang out with Zoya. <laughs> so, it's pretty cool, for, actually. For, for, did did they ride home with you from uh, Heartland? Yeah, they did. Or did yeah. did she ride home with you? Yep, Zoya uh, and she flew in because Aaron drove your bus there and back, and then yeah, she, yeah Zoya flew into Heartland. But speaking of uh, driving the bus, uh, massive, massive thank you to uh, to Aaron at the Winning Formula, donating some time after hours to do some bus repair. Yeah, you got uh, the thing all riding nice now. Oh, dude, uh, thing drives real good when uh, it's not on the bump stops. That's that would definitely help when you don't slam it, dude. Oh, it was, um, I, when I got back from Gingerman, I told Ash, like in a, in an aggressive tone, I said, I will not drive that bus again until we fix it. <laughs> was it like that when you bought it? Uh, I mean, I felt like it kind of got progressively worse, but like, I didn't have a basis for comparison, but once you started to put miles on your, and like right. you, you know, where like the bad joints are on the highway, right. oh man, like it would just be like tense up, wait for the thing to crash because it was awful. You're making me want to like raise the right head on mine just to see if maybe it needs to be even higher. But um, um, well, yeah, air suspension is kind of wild because you can actually do that, you can, like raise it. Well, no, I mean when you're when you're just driving, um, the way that you raise it is right now. There's like a little flapper arm from the ride height valve that is connected to the sway bar, and mm-hmm. Uh, like if the angle of the arm is wrong, it will either raise or lower. That's all it is. Right. So like yeah, it's the air. to, uh, to index the, the valve to the right height, uh, Aaron, it was basically like, it's connected to the sway bar with like a U-bolt and a big piece of metal. And right. to index it properly, you loosen the, the U-bolt and just like rotate it until um, the valve is in the neutral position once it's at the full ride height and then right. you tighten things back up. So, yep. uh, kind of um, simple. Makes, yeah. Super simple. You just raise and lower it. Yep. Um, doing is the rear I think is harder because access is a little bit harder to get. Um, but is that all you did to change the ride height? Uh, well, I mean, we replaced the valve. The valve wasn't working. Oh, the valve itself was bad. Yeah. I guess that happens. I don't really right. understand how it happens because it's like not a complicated piece of anything. But are, are your valves electronic at all? No, no, they're just okay. like straight up mechanical. Right, it's just a air fitting, air fitting. Yep. Um, it's like a yeah. it's like a toilet flapper is exactly how it works. It literally is just like that. Yeah, yeah it's um, the same basic stuff that mine has then. But yeah, so the Buster of good this weekend. No, oh, dude, it was great. Good. good. Uh, and you guys went up early. You were camping across the street at uh, whatever the place is called. Plymouth Rock. Yeah, it was great. We were there two or three extra days, and I worked during the day, and then we like went out and kind of did stuff in the evenings. And there was uh, we took Sloan to the lake, uh, which was really nice. And there was a pizza place in Sheboygan that was uh, surprisingly excellent, actually. 
Like I, hmm. would, I would recommend people drive for Remote America to there. What's it called? Um, Il Retrovo, I think. I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, my my next door neighbor grew up in Sheboygan. I'll have to see if he knows about it. Uh, it was interesting. It was like downtown you Sheboygan. Expect to Wisconsin. No, it was like uh, it was like a like a traditional Italian Neapolitan style pizza that was like from a wood oven. It was excellent. Um, yeah, good. like anyway, properly good. Yeah, that's cool. And you know that I'm like um, kind of snobby about food, so like if I say something's good, I mean, it's like actually are. good. You're a fancy boy. You got to be snobby, or else you can't you can't keep that title there. Well, I mean, I don't I don't just throw compliments around. Like if it's fine, it's no, fine. I mean, but, you, like, if it's you, good, I don't think you've ever complimented me. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's, hey, not, hey, when boy, you're deserving, at you least, are. But. At least you tried. <laughs> when you're deserving, you're deserving. But when you're not, you're not. You know. Um. So yeah, uh, how how's it feel for you to be done with the season right now, the event season? I mean, it's it's good. Um, like doing stuff from this tiny apartment and being a few hours farther away has made things pretty difficult, but. Yeah. Uh, kind of getting used to it and um, feeling out the the work life balance at my new job and um, consistently like trying to hunt for a house. We've been outbid on houses twice now, which is annoying. Um, right. But uh, we're we're settling in, kind of. I mean, I'm yeah. finding my stride at work, and that's making things a little bit easier. Um, that's good. Sloan's schedule is pretty predictable, so like I get home at five o'clock ish. You know, we go to the park or do something or whatever. We feed her dinner. Uh, we give her a bath. And then she goes to bed at like 8.15. Ashley and I watch the episode of Jeopardy and then a couple of episodes of Seinfeld on Netflix. And then I call you for a podcast. <laughs> or or not a podcast. Sometimes we don't actually record things. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a life, man. I guess you, you live in life, dude. Something. Yeah, I feel like uh, for the last six months or so, or eight months, well, how how long have we been doing events this year? Since March. Yeah, it's right? it's been a lot. March, April, May, June, uh, whatever. That is. Uh, I feel like most of that time, every day I sit down and I'm like, like at ten o'clock, I'm like, fuck, <laughs> just like every single day. Um, well, and, it's, it's funny because uh, like uh, we haven't really talked about the schedule on the show for next year, but like. It's not getting better, man. Uh, no, it, well, I'm I'm not going to go to all the events, and I don't think you are either. We're going to have to we're going to have to delegate some tasks. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff, but not all the things are going to have all the things either. So, right, um, yeah, a lot of those events won't have one piece of what we do. Um, but yeah, we're we're working on the schedule. It'll be out soon. Uh, this week, I've been putting a ton of hours into the this week and last week. I started it on the flight going to get my fit and tour the tracks before Midwest Festival, but I've been working on the 2022 GLTC rules and then also given a bunch of uh, rereads and thoughts and note-taking about the track battle rules. So, um, yeah, just start trying to start that process early and get uh, get those things out ASAP because there are going to be some, some tires changes in GLTC. Uh, I think track battle, we, we feel pretty comfortable about stuff. We just want to get more clarity in most things. I think um, only because it's been kind of ignored for a little while, I want to do a full read of the Sunday Cup rules. Oh, yeah, um, big time. Just to like I've been giving a lot of thought to that, especially make now. Make sure that things are consistent and solid. Um, yeah, but other it, than it that, like people have been asking about big changes for the other classes, and I just like – 
don't see the point. I mean, there's really no reason to change anything. I mean, so many of them are so good. Like I want to go through them and every year we, we tighten up like wording and make it a little more clear. Um, Sunday cup needs a lot of that because we originally made those rules in like 2016. It's a long time ago. Yep. Um, And it was just like a silly fun class. And then it did turn out to be competitive, but competitive among friends. So like, yeah. And, and now it's, it's like, I mean, it's, it might be one of, uh, uh, one of, it's probably the most accessible time trial class, like anywhere ever. Um, and it's getting it like it's getting some eyes from GRM and an article and from there's like a lot of people interested in it, uh, and it's like really fun. I wouldn't doubt if we see twenty cars at an event next year. But. Well, and it's uh, the experience is so fun, right? Because it is really really hard to drive the slowest car in the world as fast as you possibly can on track. And um, the best part about it is it's really hard to break. Uh, a car that slow, <laughs> like, like I would come off track and like the brakes would be fine. And I would just like pull up and like pop the hood, let it cool off. And like, it's not even warm. Um, I pull up to the pit cart, you know, to our office area at the top of grid and pop the hood and like, let it cool off. And like, it's not even hot. Like it doesn't care. Like it doesn't, it, nothing, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> like, so like there, like, there are corners that, um, for example, like you could, you could turn in at, uh, turn three at Gingerman and you could mat the throttle. Um, mm-hmm. but because you don't have an LSD, uh, you're going to get wheel spin and your exit. No, you, don't get, you don't really get wheel spin. <laughs> well, oh, fine. Then well, I guess I, what I'm I mean, saying though, wheel is like, not a problem. you could, you could drive like, um, you could drive in a manner that would otherwise be irresponsible in another car and like, you know, put you in some kind of hazard or danger. Uh, oh, yeah. here that's a lot of wide open throttle in the fit like you can do that and there's really no consequence other than that may not be the fastest way to go through a corner yeah so much of it is like you're trying to find the line through some of these turns that allows you to get on the throttle earliest and unwind the the steering wheel the most and or, or wind it up and unwind it like the most and the least you know yep um, or the least in the most whatever direction and uh, like the thing from turn eight, which uh, basically is the hard left-hander before the Sargento bridge, I think, um, before the big carousel and then the kink, you know, like from turn eight all the way till the turn, turn 14, right before the back straight, like you're just matted from turn eight all the way in. Like it's so fun, like matted through the big sweeper, just matted um, and uh, matted through the kink. You never lift. <laughs> uh, man, and like you shift a fifth going through, uh, through like the, the trees down, you know, the asses before or not, not till turn 14 till Canada, you, you, you break hard to Canada and then you're mad at again all the way to turn 14, obviously. Um, but like so, so much of it is just like, it's so much wide open throttle, but you're like, you're trying to be so precise with where you put the car and try not to be a bitch in turn one because I kept over slowing in turn one. And then I come out of it and be like, I really could have gone another seven miles an hour faster. Well, and I guess that's that's the thing about turn one, right? Like in a normal car, you're going so fast that if you overshoot it, you're going into the wall and that's bad. Um, Right. But like if you overshoot in the fit, you're probably just going to track wide and go over the gators. I literally think you could do turn one with like a lift, uh, uh, tap the brakes and go and just leave it in fourth gear. 
Uh, I don't think you hardly need to break a turn one. So. Man, I would really like to see that. I was top of turn. I was top of fourth, and I and I talked to Tom before the sixth session for the last one, and I was like, because he had driven a spec fit that weekend, and he was like, no, leave it in fourth, uh, tap it, uh, you know, hit the brakes, uh, just quick, 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 quick on the brakes, and then set it and go, uh, and it'll do it. Um, and uh, and I worked into it at like a lap, one lap, two laps, and I just couldn't get myself to not hit the brakes too hard. I left it in fourth, I left it in fourth. I've been going on to third there before and I didn't gain any time because I was hitting the brakes too much. I needed to basically stab them and then turn in and go for it and get that car all the way across, all the way up on the gators on the inside. And then on top of the, on top of the stuff hard on the right, you know, the, the big tall gators and then just let it drift all the way out to that big concrete runoff. And it could have done that. But I didn't do it because I'm a bitch. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, like I'm positive it could have done it because every time I'd come out, I'd go into it and, turn, and I'd leave it in fourth. I'd hit the brakes and be like, you pussy, you, you <laughs> overdid it. Every single time. And when I was coming, when I was doing it in third gear in like heats one through five, I would, I would downshift to third and I would come out of it and be like, man, that was way too easy every single time. And I kept like working my way up uh, and I'd be – basically downshifting to third and then immediately shifting back to fourth, you know, like you're, you get like a thousand RPMs or less. Um, but yeah, just all those little nuances, especially when you're trying to conserve momentum in a car like that. It's so different. It was so, it was like, it was just a, it was a thing I needed to remember, you know, I, and like I used to drive my old lemons car like that it had about 85 horsepower. Um, and I just kind of forgot some of that stuff. And this, it was just, and it was just like joyous, like, it was just fun. And yeah, I, I think you texted me fun. this morning to say that dude, just, that session just, could have lasted the rest of your life and you would. Dude, have it was like pure joy. It was like the one when James was behind me and he like, w- there was a, there was a little while where there was a, um, there was a mini Cooper in front of us and the mini Cooper was a free, it was his first time there. He had a little bit of straightaway power on us. Um, but we were just eating him up between like turn eight and turn 14. Um, and uh, when he lifted the kink, like I was like, I, I just pointed, pointed forward and like basically signaled to James, like we are going around this guy. <laughs> That's and amazing. we got around, we got around him and, uh, uh, and we, we put like just enough length in between us that on the front straight, he couldn't get in front of us. And then we had a bunch of laps in front of him and he watched what we were doing. And then all of a sudden he like blew by us cause he like learned how to drive the track. Um, but like we just ran, we ran as hard as we could. And in, and when I say nose to tail, like, I mean, there was multiple sections where I couldn't see anything but his windshield in my rear view mirror. That's how close he was. Got to, got to stay close. Like, if you want that draft, man. Dude. I mean, he was so close. And then Mike Mills, um, who's, who's new to grid life this year, he worked great a bunch. And then he bought a Sunday cup, uh, Fiesta. Um, he, uh, he can, he went out behind me in the sixth session and the Fiesta's got a little bit more straight line. Oomph doesn't have as much turning. Oomph. Um, we did a warm up lap and then he got up next to me and he bump drafted me so hard that I almost got whiplash. <laughs> a little it, bit it of shenanigans a, going on there it, in the time attack was, session. It was a little bit of a boop. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was just, I mean, I can't say enough fun. I can't, I can't praise the Sunday cup dudes and girls as much, uh, as much as I should. That was, it was so fun, dude. It was so fun. Uh, really, really good. Like, 
Uh, I, I needed it uh, because there was a lot of moments this fall and this summer where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know? Well, I mean, um, yeah, the, the, I mean, the weekend is tough, right? Like there were a couple of, um, a couple of incidents in GLTC and, you know, in HPDE and, and whatever. It's a, it's a big, yeah, it's basically a, everything was a single car incident too. You like, you lose it and you hit a wall cause it's right there. You know? Yep. Uh, everything was self-inflicted by dri- by the driver pretty much and like into the wall like you go into the wall and the place just pounds it in too especially in the king yeah it's a dangerous sure. track but that place eats up like four to six cars a day uh in a big hpd so we I mean, we did fine car car count wise we lost a few cars but i think everything is fixable except for maybe ronnie solomon's s2000 i think they're fixing but, it already oh really okay. i think so I mean, you can you can crash the shit out of an S two thousand and pull it back out, but yeah. that'd be cool if they if they could salvage it, put some new sway, put some new subframes on it, and go. You know, I think that's what's happening. Like when they when when he backed into the wall, it was a single car spin in race two when it was damp. Uh, he backed into the wall, and both rear wheels flew off. That's how hard he hit the wall. So gross. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a hit. Yeah, I watched the I watched the replay and like it was he lost the tail just enough. I think he touched uh who did he touch? Um shoot, I don't know. He like just touched uh, a BMW and uh, I don't think there was anybody near him, wasn't there? Uh, I looked at, I looked at it on somebody's phone. It looked like there was two cars in front of him and then two cars behind him. But uh yeah, it was it was just wetness, you know. So. I think it was Chatroop, is that right? Maybe. Oh, Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. So like Ronnie lost the tail end, um, in the rain and like, uh, just touched his, uh, the car to his right, which I think was Ta- uh, Chatroop. And the touch was really light. I don't think there was any damage to Chatroop, but it was enough to just like make him lose completely control of the S2. And then he went into the wall on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not fun in the wet there. And a lot of people, it was just drying enough that a lot of people chose Hoover. So the first lap was like pretty sketchy. Yeah. So. In the in the time attack session before then, because I knew because we were in heat, I was in Group C the last time attack session. Um, I was I spent the entire they gave us a long one. Uh, uh, Gary and John gave us a nice long session, and uh, I spent the entire time driving like because it was damp enough. I wasn't going to set any time, you know. Um, but I had ABS and I had fresh Falcons, and I spent the entire time looking for puddles and hitting them so that they'd splash up in the air and like maybe not be puddles for GLTC. There you go. The, the grip was there, but like it was, there were still a few puddles like inside the kink. Uh, there were some puddles at the start of the session, like outside of three. Um, but uh, most of them went away by the end of the time stack session. But the, 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 there was like kind of a dry line uh, around the track, but like it was still pretty damp in the beginning of that race. So, yeah. Um, um, yeah. So what else do you want to talk about? You want to talk about how V8s can't win in GLTC? Oh, I don't know if we can talk about that anymore, man. How uh, how far into this thing are we? 42 minutes. Yeah, I got to go do some rules right, man. Um, we should probably uh, we should probably talk this weekend and do another show about uh, about time attack wording and then talk about the time attack season a little bit. We talked a lot about GLTC, but... I've got some ideas for next season because of the number of events, but yeah. uh, need to run those past you before we say them on air. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, it's nine o'clock and I'm getting tired. It's ten o'clock by you. I need to go in and do another half hour, forty five minutes of rules looking, and then go to bed. Think on it. 
Go ahead and share those with me so I can read them. All right. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll share them with you later tonight. All right. See you, dude. If I don't, hit me up and remind me in the morning. All right. See you later. Um, I uh, hey, we gotta say thank you to everybody, man. Thanks, everybody. We're doing a podcast. Come on. Close uh, it out. Yeah, I, I I do appreciate our Patreons, man. I know I know we haven't done a ton of them in the past few months, but we got a bunch coming. It's winter. It's silly season. So. And um, I uh, I and did mail everybody some shirts, so I'm hoping that buys did. us a little goodwill. Yeah, I know. It's uh, so we had a bunch of like two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, like bang, bang, bang events. Um, so, and and as much as we try to do one or two podcasts at events. Uh, it gets really hard, dude. It's like, no, I, uh, I, I think that touches on maybe a last point. Uh, I'm going to Putnam this, next weekend. Um, yeah, the mental capacity is just not there when we're hosting the event. So, so uh, with the support, we're going to go to a few other events that we don't host, and we'll do some shows because it's yeah, much I'm, easier to do that. I'm, uh, I'm hoping to. I'm planning on getting down there at least Saturday for the Putnam event, the winning formula Putnam event, so. I think they have some spots available if anybody's in the area. Well, I uh, uh, the guys were were talking about you planning to come down, and I bet them twenty dollars that you'd bail at the last minute. So prove me wrong. Think so? Uh, who gets the twenty dollars? I don't know. I'll, I'll give twenty dollars to somebody. <laughs> well, you give me the twenty bucks. They'll give me there. Pay for all my fuel. Uh, all right, I'll uh, give you twenty bucks if you show up. Bet me. It's bet them twenty dollars. I mean, it's not a bet if you don't know who's going to get the money, but. Maybe everybody. I, mean, gets I don't money. Bail. dude. I don't flake out of that much stuff, dude. I do a lot of stuff. <laughs> you do a lot of stuff, but you don't do anything extra. I know, well, at some point, I got to try to stay married, man. Because uh, I distinctly remember you talking about going to Barbara for like three months last year, and then guess what? Who didn't go? Yeah, guess guess who's got a twelve week backlog uh, at the beginning of the year at his day job too. Yeah, that day job. Day jobs, man. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm almost down. Like we're, we're getting caught up slowly. It's taken a while, but uh, hoping to go, and not hoping, planning, and and going four days a week next year. So I'm pretty stoked about that. So that'll be something. Now, yeah, and then have have a day to myself and a day up at the office at Good Life, and oh, it's gonna be good. Well, if you go four days a week, just plan to not work forty hours during those four days, and then you might actually benefit. No, I mean, I'll probably still work 40 hours. I just won't work 60 hours. That's all. Yes. Yeah. Uh, at working on fixing my life. My life has been busted for like 15 years, and I'm working on fixing it. So. <laughs> but, I mean, I got the most first world of all the problems. I'm too busy uh, because too many people want to pay me money to do things. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, man. I, I, can't, I, I, can't, I can't bitch, but, uh, yeah. But you're going uh, to I appreciate anyway. the... Uh, yeah, I appreciate the support from my superhero FX Pro and the Patreons. So we'll uh, we'll talk to y'all soon. Did you get that show that I did with Scott? Did you put that up? Uh, I didn't put it up yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna edit it in the morning and put it up for tomorrow. Cool. Uh, well, uh, whatever day it is, it'll probably be what Tuesday next week. We'll talk to you guys then. So. See you, dude. Bye, buddy. See. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at a grid live to say hello. Hello.